3: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
2: Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See
3: website for details. Hey,
2: everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
0: Of course, go to the iHeartRadio app, download the podcast. You can also, of course, go to kfiam640.com to get the podcast. In 15 minutes, our final keyword for the day. It continues, of course, through the Tim Conway Jr. Show. But be listening for the keyword and your chance at $1,000. At this time yesterday, we had a chance to talk to David Goldstein from CBS 2 KCAL 9. They're running a story this morning in the new KCAL Morning News at 7 a.m. on the LA Unified School District. And I guess you would call this a case of hand sanitizer hoarding. Here's the report from David
3: Goldstein. During the COVID years, did you ever uh, donate sanitizer to the school?
1: Absolutely, we had a ton of people who brought sanitizer to their classrooms once we went back to school.
3: While some teachers were relying on parents to donate hand sanitizer, we found plenty of it. Cases and cases of sanitizer purchased by LAUSD for millions of taxpayer dollars just sitting in shipping containers. These pictures, provided by sources, show the gallon jugs, which could have been used in classrooms to keep kids safe, going unused. It's really disheartening. Jenna Schwartz is with Parents Supporting Teachers, a public school advocacy group. She says hand sanitizer was on every teacher's wish list.
1: Sure, it always is. Sanitizer, Lysol wipes, everyone's trying so hard to be clean. This idea that there's all the sanitizer that nobody knew was there, it's ridiculous.
3: We found LAUSD paid millions of dollars in taxpayer money to purchase the sanitizer then had to pay more than a million more to properly dispose of it because it's expiring. It's a shocking waste of money, a shocking, shocking waste of money, particularly the time when this district is really cash strapped. We obtained documents showing that in August and September of 2020, in the height of the pandemic, the district purchased a total of 81,262 cases of hand sanitizer. That's more than 325,000 gallons. The cost to taxpayers, more than $3.2 million. In fact, the district bought so much, it had to rent some of these cargo containers just to store it all. The video from our drone showing them parked behind the LAUSD warehouse in Pico Rivera. The rentals cost taxpayers another 18,000. For two years, the sanitizers sat in the containers in the hot sun. Some employees told me they were concerned about the possible dangers because sanitizer is mostly alcohol and flammable.
1: That situation in downtown L.A. where boxes of hand sanitizer going up in flames.
3: The danger becoming a reality earlier this month when cases of sanitizer not connected to the district caught fire. Employees at the LAUSD warehouse had notified county fire about what was in these unmarked containers. And the district was hit with a violation for failure to properly label hazardous waste. Afterwards, we did see these danger signs on the containers, but now the clock was running out. As you can see on this label, sanitizer does expire and was now reaching its expiration date. In December, we saw workers moving huge pallets. The district now forced to get rid of millions of dollars of expiring sanitizer. But this isn't something you just pour down the drain or throw in the trash. Sanitizer has to be disposed of properly, and that costs money. This document shows the cost for disposal just under $1.4 million. So in the final analysis, LAUSD bought 325,048 gallons of hand sanitizer at a cost of $3.2 million. But it only used a little more than 200,000 gallons, meaning 123,000 gallons were left to expire. That's $1.4 million worth of expired hand sanitizer. And it cost another $1.4 million to dispose of it. That's $2.8 million down the drain. Isn't this a waste of taxpayer money?
1: I don't believe it's a waste of taxpayers' money to make sure we have enough sanitizer.
3: LAUSD procurement officer Mark Monforte says they purchased the sanitizer during the pandemic not knowing how much would be needed. But why wasn't it all distributed? There was more
1: than adequate amount of sanitizers in all their schools. There should not have been, and there probably are no schools right now without sanitizer. But that's sanitizers.
3: not what, I, what I've talked to, to parents. Uh, they say it's been on the wish list of teachers to get sanitizer. Why wasn't this sanitizer distributed?
1: We distributed adequate amount of sanitizer for all the schools. In fact, Obviously
3: got... not adequate if teachers had it on the- As much as they needed, they to got. bring in. Wasteful?
1: When I think of what that million dollars could Idiot. be used towards, when I think what the millions of dollars spent initially could have been used towards our teachers, our kids, it's actually really frustrating.
3: Now, the district claims they tried to donate the sanitizer toward the end but found no takers. However, I called around to a few so- social service agencies. They said they would have gladly accepted sanitizer. They needed it. Other people needed it. But it just uh, went to waste. All
0: right, David Goldstein, CPSTK KCAL 9. That pro- How many things are wrong in that story? That procurement
3: officer was, uh, was a
2: piece of work, huh? Uh, he, yes. He was just, his name uh, is
0: Mark Monforti.
2: Yeah. What, what a load he is.
0: Oh, he just tried to be a stone wall. Oh, they got plenty of sanitizers. Sure. I don't care what they're telling you.
2: Because he can't get fired, and he knows he can't get fired. So he's just going to sit through David Goldstein for a few minutes and never admit to anything.
0: No, I like the uh, way they tried to lie towards the end, even. We tried to donate it, but we couldn't find any takers. And then uh, David well, for, and his team picked for, up the phone and
2: called a few social service <laughs> agents and said, Oh, we would have taken it. First uh, of all, the hand si- sanitizer panic. Was absurd. It was overwrought because yes. the vast majority, most of the uh, transmissions from one person to the next, came through the air, aerosolized. So it, they they proved pretty early on that you didn't have COVID germs on the table or on the desk or whatever you wherever you thought you were getting uh, the COVID from. It wasn't on the door handles. That just fed into pe- people. You could people are very persuaded by panic and you can suggest to them a danger and if you repeat it often enough they'll internalize it and then act out on it and in some cases it never goes away i still see people obsessively compulsing compulsively rubbing their hands with sanitizer it was nonsense for the most part you didn't need it
0: i remember we were told some years back you can't don't overdo that because uh, you'll get your resistance to the bacteria will will fade with that you're going to create a super bug
2: No, it's the same thing with 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 parents and mostly mothers who uh, obsessively give their kids antibiotics every time they have a sniffle. Most colds are caused by viruses. The antibiotics kill bacteria. They're useless. But over time, if we're all exposed to too many antibiotics, then the antibiotics mutate, you know, like the COVID is mutating, nah. and they turn into superbugs. And it's the same thing with the hand sanitizer. You use that obsessively, well, eventually— the germs mutate and we'll be able to beat this the hand sanitizer anyway we never needed all that and they they never had to buy it all the kids were never in danger kids were not getting covid they were not spreading it very much their symptoms were very mild if they did get it it was just a uh, just mass panic it, it was ridiculous and and you know what that slug that uh, chief procurement officer there's a title it's not his money. What does he care? They spent millions of dollars buying it and storing it, and now nobody knows what to do with it. Eh, so what? It's tax money.
0: All right, we got more coming up. The next thing you'll hear when we return almost immediately is a keyword, which you will use to perhaps win a $1,000 in KFI's cash refill contest. John and Ken Show, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Speaking of money, this story is not a parody. It is not a joke. It is real. And it comes to us, of course, from San Francisco. Back when George Floyd died on the streets of Minneapolis, what followed then, of course, was a summer of unrest. But what followed that in some places like California and other cities was talk once again of the R word, reparations. So we heard that a California panel is talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars but it's only going to go to black people in California who can trace their families' uh, ancestry to actual slavery. San Francisco has outdone everybody. San Francisco, back in 2020, appointed a panel to study reparations. And they've come up with an answer with the bottom line of $5 million for each black resident. <laughs> $5 million. <laughs> Yeah, how many people never make anywhere near that in an entire (laughs) lifetime?
2: Yeah, that's a one-time payment. Well, eventually, you hit insanity.
0: So yeah, this would be it. On
2: this issue, the the activists have hit the insanity level, and they're jokes. They're just they're absurd now. Okay, five million. Sure, you're going to get that. (laughs) The San Francisco African American
0: Reparations Advisory Committee has got a draft report that was issued last month. It was obtained by a couple of media outlets, and that's the number that's in well, there. Activists... Now, San Francisco's only got 5% black population. That would be the other side of this, so it wouldn't be a lot of people.
2: But the, the, the activists have gotten so full of themselves because there has been so much media coverage of this. They have frightened and gotten so many corporate executives to cower and academics... And celebrities and everybody walks around on eggshells, terrified of being called racist. What can we do? How do we atone? And they're thinking, okay, the activists think we've got them where we want them, all right? They're all terrified. They're all fragile emotionally. They're all afraid of being called racist. Everyone's afraid to criticize. Everyone's afraid to push back and say the truth. Uh, And so they figure, what the hell, let's go for it. Maybe this will work. Maybe people are so frightened. And that's what it is. It's fear that's driving this. It's not thought. It's not any kind of rational behavior. It's just fear—the fear that somehow their lives will be disrupted if they don't nod along and approve of whatever the latest insanity is. So they went for broke. Now they went for five million a person. The budget in San Francisco
0: for the city is fourteen billion. This proposal would cost fifty billion dollars. Yeah. So the committee also proposed wiping out all debts associated with educational, personal. Credit card and payday loans for Black households in San Francisco.
2: Wow! You know, you only have to uh, you only have to fire back with one word: no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't get. I mean, there's no point debating this. It's 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 silly. It's absurd. It's it's a a, a farce.
0: Some sort of an, an activist answer, no. who wrote for the San Francisco Chronicle named Justin Phillips, wrote a very, uh, you called it a supportive. Uh, San Francisco, a 47-square-mile city, is home to more than 60 billionaires, but at least 7,000 homeless people, or about 40% of which are black, despite black people representing only 5% of the population. And then he was on to say that the KKK had a stronghold oh, in San Francisco in the 20th century, mm-hmm. barring black people from settling in certain areas, keeping them out of city jobs, and demolishing the Fillmore, a black neighborhood what, commercial
2: district. When was the last time anybody saw a member of the KKK in San Francisco? What was that the last would sighting be a of good that? question. <laughs> is there anybody alive who remembers seeing one of those? One of those white-hooded creatures?
0: The qualifications would be you have to be 18 at the time of the committee's proposal is enacted. You have to identify as black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years. You also have to prove you were born in the city between 1940 and 1996 and resided there for at least 13 years and be someone or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated during the war on drugs. I like the way they threw that one in because, of course, that was racist. Yeah, that was racist, too. It disproportionately (laughs) imprisoned black people, so... That's the feeling there. If you're a descendant of someone okay, well, that's, that's, who got thrown in prison over drugs,
2: well, that, that was wrong, too. That, that one by itself is absurd, but uh, sure. <laughs> yes. If there's a law against doing drugs, then don't do the drugs. Uh, they, if yeah. there's a law against eating strawberries, don't eat the strawberries. How about that? Uh, Change
0: the law. This will be interesting to see what these progressive wacko liberal politicians like the San Francisco Board of Supervisors does with this. Yeah, but that, that recommendation. See, a
2: lot of this stuff has peaked already. This isn't 2020 anymore. People are trapped in the past. It's 2023, and a lot of this stuff got really tired three years ago. You know, this 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 works in uh, you know May of 2020. This doesn't work now. Nobody wants to hear this anymore.
0: You think that they? No. And by the way. Mayor London Breed's office is actually predicting a budget shortfall of nearly no, well, 728
2: a, million over the next two years. It, it's mathematically impossible. So, right there, it's over. They're, they're, I, you, you, do you think this
0: will have people moving to San Francisco quick to see if they can get five million?
2: No, I mean it looks like based on the uh, based yeah, on the you rules just, you read. You fake through. the rules, it was, right? You, it's not going to pass. Nobody had the right mind. Oh, they that. already they already voted out. I mean, this they, is like when a jury
0: gives a ten billion dollar award. Dude. Yeah.
2: It's a non binding commission. It's just an opinion from a bunch it's a of very yes. crazy activists. I mean, San Francisco is already going anti woke, right? They recalled three school board members, they uh, recalled the district attorney. The mayor's approval rating is uh, down in the toilet. Oh, uh, I saw
0: another story today that uh, the building rentals for businesses, so many vacancies. Mm, okay. They're practically giving away commercial property,
2: massive vacancies. Tax revenues are way down. I mean, the, the city is in uh, a, an economic depression and a literal emotional depression too. It's yeah, the worst fall. time. They're, yeah, it's the, they, they've ruined the city, and uh, I've been there recently. And parts of the city are completely uninhabitable. It's zombie land. It's horror movie time. So I there, there's no there's no money for anybody.
0: All right, we got more coming up. You're listening to the Johnny Kent Show, KFI AM 640 Live Everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You know, I was uh, looking up that visual snow syndrome
2: that Brian Koberger has.
0: That's what he said he had 12 years ago, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it's like seeing things in a snow globe that has been shaken up. Oh. It's little flickering dots that float around.
0: Did that be corrected with some sort of eye operation or something? Uh, or,
2: I I I don't know. It seems to be a, it chronic, a brain thing. Uh... It's a yeah, it's a chronic condition. It's uh, <laughs> says here it can affect up to two percent of the people in the world. I don't know if that's true because I mean I've never heard of this. How can you drive around like you said? You're seeing well, snow and static everywhere. I, I guess it depends how how thick the uh, how dense snow. the snow is. Is yeah. it heavy snow or just a light <laughs> flurry? <laughs> Not a blizzard. Right.
0: All right, the voice line is returning uh, three days. Uh, connect to it through the iHeartRadio app. That's the microphone icon or call the toll-free number one eight seven seven moist 86 one 664 7886 It's rare when we get to say this on the John and Ken show, but every once in a while, a judge in California will do the right thing and step in and halt some of the loony laws that pass our legislature and are signed by our governor, AB257, the Fast Recovery Act. This is all about fast food employees. Yes, they were going to have a council, a Sacramento bureaucratic council that would set pay and working standards for people working in like your local McDonald's. This is communist lunacy <laughs> at
2: yeah.
0: its finest. This is Believe what- it or not. Just in time, a judge halted because the state's Department of Industrial Relations wanted money already. They were requesting funding for 19 jobs, asking for $8 million from Gavin Newsom's latest budget. Now, I'm sure it's more because I did the math. That's $400,000 a job. It must be more about than just money for jobs because that's a lot. This
2: is what I'm telling you. The purpose of these agencies is to enrich the people who work for the agency. Expand it's, the bureaucracy. It's not about enriching the fast food workers because companies simply can't afford to do that. They can't pay $22 an hour or whatever the request is. They will either go out of business or they're going to automate. I think you're already seeing a lot of uh, kiosks, yeah. screens.
0: that You're you, right. You you're can talk- self-order from the kiosks. Yeah, Just was, like you now the grocery stores have a lot of uh, self-serve.
2: At, at the, at the uh, airports, the airport restaurants are often like that often like that where you you uh you have a screen and you order on the screen and then one person works there bringing over the order to the various tables so it and, and by the way the people in government know this they're not stupid they know if they f- that that your local fast food joint which is run normally by a local businessman all right McDonald's doesn't own its franchises right they 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 license their name to the franchise, and then the franchise owner has to follow McDonald's rules and sell McDonald's products cooked a certain way. So the local guy can't afford 22 bucks an hour. If he wants to stay in business, it is going to be. Computers and kiosks. It has the to. The
0: government be. should not be setting private industries' wages and working no. standards. They, let's get let's throw this out. They only do that. And I the, tell you what, this is a step in the door. We'll be taking over many other well, industries and really, businesses.
2: If if you don't think fast food workers are being paid enough, well, you could make that case for everybody, right? So you could have a council for every industry. To force a, a yeah, hotel
0: workers and, will probably be another one. They'd like to have a council to control. Uh, wh- wh- right? What, what do you think, think so? about all the
2: jobs and service and, and industry jobs? And and the employment increase is going to go to the people, the bureaucrats who work for these agencies. You'll have these massive bureaucrats trying to keep track of every business and what's being paid to every employee. This is the Soviet Union. And it, it goes back to we were talking uh, earlier in the show to Tom McClintock about. The fake water shortage, because they don't build enough reservoirs and water collection and water storage um, infrastructure. And the, the fake electricity shortage, the fake gasoline shortage. He says it looks as if the leftists who run Sacramento, who run this state, want to create artificial shortages so they can control the supply and the price. And it's all the things that we need to have a convenient, comfortable life. But they want the control, and the next thing they want to control is how much we're going, to, how much a business pays its employees. And so, you know, and what he said is, and this was true in the Soviet Union, it's true in Cuba, it's true in Venezuela. The people who get rich are the people in charge in government. They have control, and then they manipulate that control so that they benefit from this.
0: So the judge who made this decision, and here are the legal reasons why, is a Sacramento County Superior judge with really too many names, Shelly Ann W.L. Chang.
2: No, that's excessive.
0: Shelly Ann's one word, and then there's an initial W and an initial L, and then Chang. Shelly Ann is too much. It is. I don't know any Shelly Ann's. That's a nice You pick one,
2: either Shelly or your Ann.
0: That's a good old-fashioned hybrid
2: of Shelly and Ann. You don't need the W and the L either.
0: Well, the people in the fast food industry decided to collect signatures to bring this to the people. Save local restaurants collected a bunch of signatures, and now they're being verified. But the state turned around and said, so what? We're going to let the law take effect anyway. And The judge said there is no authority to support the state's position that if election officials are still working to verify referendum petition signatures, the subject law goes into effect until the signature verification process is complete. She said, no, you can't do that. It was a ruling she made on Friday. I'm putting a hold on you implementing this law until we see what happens with the signature gathering. Because obviously if that fails, then the law is going to go ahead. If there's enough signatures to put on the ballot, she'll probably put up the second stop sign that until the voters vote on this, this is not going to take effect. But they were anxious. They were already uh, petitioning for money. It's their, it's their livelihoods.
3: Well, yeah, they're, they're they excited
0: wanna... that we're going to have a whole new bureaucracy. We're going to have a council
2: overlooking fast food companies. Have you ever met people so enthusiastic? So enthusiastic about controlling things that are none of their business. That is the This is the age we're living in in California. Government bureaucrats telling you what to do all day and night. It's none of their business if I'm running a restaurant what I'm paying somebody. I know, you know. Everybody, everybody has agreed on a uh, on a minimum floor for the wages, right? Can't go below X. And now they're going to jack that up to twenty two dollars, and then it'll be twenty five and thirty. And and to what point to put them out of business? Well, again, they don't care because they want to be in the business of control. They want to decide because they they also probably want to drive a lot of fast food restaurants out of business. You know, that's always been a side issue of the left trying to control people's diet, what you eat and drink.
0: And this story was one Burger King employee in San Jose. Imagine all this going on. Oh, well, we're keeping this on hold another day. Half a million fast food workers across our state continue to face the threat of wage theft, sexual harassment, unsafe working conditions, and more. Well, I say find another job. I mean, if you're only getting fifteen dollars an hour to do this anyway, and you're undergoing wage theft, sex harassment, right. and an unsafe work environment, you really got to think about your, your life choices, no. don't you? Racism wasn't
2: mentioned. Uh, no, I and they missed
0: racism. It. In the Racial inequality, stuff. no. No, nothing about equity.
2: <laughs> We're on from 1 to 4 every day now, 1 till 4, and right after 4 o'clock. If you missed the show, you can listen to it online on the podcast, either at uh, the iHeartRadio app or KFIAM640.com. Uh, one
0: and- of the wilder political stories of the day involves a New Mexico Republican who wanted to get to the state house in New Mexico, Solomon Pena. He lost the election to an incumbent named Miguel Garcia, 5,679 votes to 2,033. Percentage-wise, 74% to 26%, he lost. But he immediately went out and claimed the election was rigged. He started to knock on the doors of several Democratic and election officials' homes and wanted to be heard because, he said, this election was stolen from me. This election was rigged. This is what Trump has produced. Um, Well, that wasn't that bad because he didn't threaten anybody. But a few weeks later, somebody started firing bullets at the homes of the people that he visited, local Democratic leaders. And he has now been arrested Mm. for conspiring with and paying four men to carry out four shootings. At the homes of two county commissioners and two state legislators. No one was hurt. Uh, One of the people involved, a county commissioner, said he came to my house right after the November election. He was sort of erratic in the points he was trying to make about the election. (laughs) Oh, really? About how many doors he knocked on and how the number of votes didn't match the number of doors he knocked on, you see? I wonder why he lost so They all voted for me because I knocked on their door.
2: I wonder why he lost so badly. Do you think uh, everybody
0: got a whiff of his insanity? Uh... Adrian Barboa says he was at my door. He was aggressive. He was an election denier. She ended up having eight election shots denier. fired at her home on December 4th.
2: Oh. Well, I guess that's that would be the natural progression, right? You can't just sit at home and have a hissy fit over it. And, oh, you have to take action? Complain on Twitter. Yeah, this guy went, a, went to another step, so I'm going to take action. That's
0: going to get him the state office because well, he fired if, shots at the door. If, and they're if, going to say, oh, yeah, you know what? It we must have been rigged. There have been a lot of. They said he provided no proof or any specific proof, he, except, you know, he knocked on doors and therefore he should have had more votes. Most of the successful coups have been accompanied by gunfire. This is true. But yes. <laughs> wow, uh, he is a he is a Trump supporter, by the way. <laughs> What a shot! And uh, he does not believe that Trump lost in 2020, so that may be part of this. Uh, Another commissioner said, he came to my home. I was concerned about it. It was unsettling. He was angry about losing the election. He thought the election was unfair and untrue. But he didn't threaten her. Uh, But eventually, weeks later, her home was struck with 12 bullets Mm. while she and her husband slept. What
2: was the office again? I forgot.
0: State House Representative.
2: Oh. It's a state job. I see. Not... U.S. state legislators, the New Mexico wow. state legislature. They have a house. right? He, he wanted to be a state legislator in New Mexico that badly. huh?
0: He did. Yeah. And he lost, you know, usually when guys lose elections close, they claim, you know, but 74 percent to 26 percent.
2: That's a bit of a blowout. I think that's yeah. a decisive uh, a decision. Well, they found by
0: him it. with guns. He had guns in his Nissan Maxima. One yeah. of the guns appears to have been fired or was one of the guns so fired many, in the shots. Right?
2: So many crazy people. There, so many whack jobs, they all—they all, no all want to get into politics.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh Tim Conway is here. Sorry, I just came in. Are you talking about Bill Handel? No, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I don't think it really ever gets old. Ding no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, I don't it think doesn't. it does. You know, it's like—and uh, it's
0: always a bad story. If it's it was horrible. A fun yeah. story and right. a good story. You wouldn't use that joke.
1: No, not at all. But it's like Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. You know, you he never heard him tired. He never tired. Of Heard him like you never tired of her hearing him say that, you know, the no, you know, Ever. It's, looked forward to it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Now, look, I'm not comparing myself to Rodney Dangerfield. But if you want to, John, that's fine. I, I, I see it in your body language that uh, you're looking to do the comparison. I get it. Uh, Blake Trolley's coming on tonight to talk about the Orange County man that was arrested in New Mexico. One of these um, street takeovers got out of control and this young lady died who was in nursing school. Horrible, horrible story. The TSA discovered an anti-tank weapon in a checked baggage at San Antonio Airport. How how small
0: is that, or how big is that, I
1: wonder? Uh, Well, it's anti-tank, so it's got to be, you know, fairly big. Uh, And then Mark Thompson is in the house. He just walked in. He's my favorite. Is Um, that him, or is that you imitating him? I can never tell. uh, Oh, damn it, Ken, it's me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mark, please. <laughs> I hear the signature laugh. It's him. You
0: can't even take that laugh. Mark doesn't
2: have headphones, so he's at the mercy of whatever we feel Oh, like is that what he's doing?
0: Oh, oh great. CD.
2: Oh, you, you,
1: you really feel that way about Mark? He sounds Mark, like the huh? angry
0: guy in the
2: corner.
1: Oh <laughs> wow. Okay. I'll tell him when we get off the air. Wow, man. That's great. That's a yeah. great line. I got to use that. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, wrong turn uh, at, a, at a JFK almost cost about 400 lives. Pilot made a wrong turn.
0: Oh, is that all it was? That's all it
1: was—a wrong turn, right?
0: That's that simple. <laughs> he
1: was on his phone. Yeah, <laughs> he was on his. Phone. He's on his
0: phone. He's texting.
1: And then, uh, Ken, you'll get into this. I imagine you'll go. Uh, maybe John. I don't know, but uh, I'll go. And Marco, is, this is our old school, you know, original OG Madonna's uh, going out on concert again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I'd go to that. She, you you see go one
2: more picture of her trying to look like a sixteen-year-old. Yeah. Do you see her? There was a clip from Jimmy Fallon some months ago where she hurled her old fat body onto his desk. Oh, and no, she was I hear wearing about that. this like flimsy lingerie thing. Oh.
1: And he backed away and looked at it like somebody had thrown a dead whale. Oh in front my of God. Him. It was just. <laughs> wasn't it Madonna that got up or was it, uh, maybe it wasn't Madonna. Who was the one that, that uh, flashed Letterman? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yes, yeah. you're right. Drew oh, Barrymore. Hey,
2: right. the (laughs)
1: all right big show (laughs) she's really past her peak (laughs) bring on the ding dong all right, a couple ding-dongs, and we'll be out of here. And then here Mo go. Kelly takes over. <laughs> <laughs> well, right there it is.
2: The uh, Grocery right. uh, is the news. It's right <laughs> over. KFI, 2 Los uh, Angeles, Orange County, live everywhere on the uh, iHeartRadio oh, app. Shot
3: t- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: J-j-jumba.
3: ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy.